is up, Nerds Nation? Welcome to the FN Nerds Podcast, episode 20. 20, bro. Almost allowed to drink. Almost there, almost there. <laughs> Gonna have a rager pretty soon. Telemarketers, go away! Dude, all the time, bro. Fuck I get insurance me. calls, I get all kinds of shit. But anyway, my name is uh, Nick Denizio, and standing across from me is the man himself, Martin Moreno. What's up? How we doing? Good, good. How you doing, man? Uh, not too bad. So we got another awesome episode for you guys today. But before we get started, if you guys are watching on YouTube, please make sure you give us a thumbs up and click that subscribe button. And if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else, please check back each week as we try to upload new content for you guys to listen to. All right, before we dive into all this stuff today, we need to address the gauntlet in the room. (laughs) Shit. Dude, this thing is awesome. It's beautiful. It comes from uh, Hot Toys, a.k.a. Sideshow Collectibles. Yep. And it's a nice little replica of Iron Man's uh, gauntlet. Yeah, gauntlet. It just showed up at my doorstep. It was like, you guys are doing such a great job. Here's a little present from us. Um, we are sponsored by Sideshow Hot Toys Collectibles. No, we are not. Just kidding. Dude, I wish, man. We'd be loaded right oh now. Oh, my God. But <laughs> we now have two hot toys at the table. So the collection is slowly growing. Slowly growing. But, uh, but yeah, this is uh, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. There's, there's a reason these are so fucking expensive. I know. <laughs> because the detail in these things are insane. But, uh, but yeah, it was worth every penny. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to do is I wanted to give a couple shout-outs to a few podcasts we've been listening to this week. I figured mm-hmm. we'd kind of do a new kind of segment before we start where we a talk shout about out segment shout out segment nice, before nice. we actually like you know kick off kick it off into our own episode so uh i guess we'll kind of do like a one for one kind of deal i got three i know you got three right i got many but you got sure, many. i can pull out three all right yeah, yeah we'll three, pull out sure. three so the first one i want to do is film shake the 90s movie podcast and you can find them at at 90s movie pod and they're exactly as they sound they talk about just different movies coming up in the 90s and you know since we grew up in the 90s it's really cool to see a lot of stuff that they go into like they had an episode on alien 3 that i listened to which was awesome and i know you're a big fan of alien 3 too oh yeah absolutely mm-hmm. really i really love that movie and it's gotten better over time but <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> dude it Bro, has sure it has sure i think we need to rewatch but i mean i will say that it's got probably one of the most iconic alien shots out of like it might this be, it iconic might be franchise the, itself it, it might has be, like yeah. the most iconic shot i, w- I would agree of the dog alien against uh up, up against ripley yeah yeah but mm-hmm. like they and they just go into like all kinds of other stuff and really awesome so well well, well worth checking out cool cool all right i'm gonna pull one out of my bag of uh instagram podcasts that we've kind of interacted with uh first of all i'll say well i liked it uh brad and katie they do a good job uh great job actually we kind of discovered them early on like with the butts 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 the, that, that was that was the batman robin yeah, 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 yeah we yeah. first discovered them like right off the bat and uh they they hooked us in with Batman butts, and we've kind of been trapped ever since. But it's kind of been fun watching them grow and watching them kind of um, progress as a podcast. And, uh, and yeah, they kind of cover uh, older films, like, from their childhood. So it's like, so they go, so a movie that they watched when they were younger, they kind of go back and revisit it. And, well, I mean, well, they maybe liked it or maybe not. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of how the whole podcast theme is over there. And it's really fun to listen. So definitely check them out. Yeah. And their handle is at Well I Liked It on the gram. And I believe Twitter as well. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next one I got is Bad Dads Film Review at dads underscore film. And they're basically, as as the handle sounds, there are four dads that, you know, had kids and missed out on a lot of different movies. So now they're kind of like backtracking. What? That's yeah. awesome. They're backtracking and kind of rewatching some things that they missed as well as more some more recent stuff. And That's fun. That's a fun... Uh... That's a fun idea. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool concept. And one of their segments that I love is they do like a top five and mm-hmm. they basically pick like a different random category. So one of the last ones I listened to is I think their Peanut Butter Falcon episode was it was top five on uh, fake movie products. So movie products that you love from movies that are not in like the real world or there's a little bit of a loophole, like ones that you can 
that maybe started off in movies but then ended up becoming real products. Like the so, Mighty Ducks? And you have never heard of the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. They named a pro team after us. Sorry. <laughs> and, and then like they you know tarantino has all kinds of stuff like red apple cigarettes and oh yeah different things like that mm -hmm. so so that's a really uh a really fun segment they do and and they're between the four of them they're hilarious to listen to so that's fine that's, that's another one that's well worth checking definitely out i want to check out uh the other one i'll say is uh the non-taking podcast dustin and alan I, w I think it's safe to say that they're mostly like a political podcast mm. and i know that might stir certain people away but uh but i've we've kind of been listening to them for a while and I've always enjoyed their talks. They, they do a really good job of like handling um, sometimes heavy subject matters. They kind of make it uh, sort of enjoyable to listen to, so to speak. And, uh, and yeah, they're, they're always a, a fun listen, so definitely check them out. And if you leave them a good review, <laughs> motherfucker, I got you, Dustin. <laughs> if you leave them a good review and screenshot and send to them, they will Venmo you $5. What? So get ready to pay up. <laughs> Show me the money. Yeah, I just put you on blast. So, uh, so yeah, definitely go check them out at, at the non taking podcast. Nice. Mm -hmm. So then the last one I got is uh, Critical Av at Critical Av, and these it's another thing with where it's four guys. And they basically just review different sorts of movies. The one episode I listened to recently was Once Upon a Time in the West, which was really cool. And just hearing them kind of break down the movie and like they give like like and not even what I was expecting. Like they bring they give it the movie like so much depth and insight. Like it was it was, it was crazy. Like I wasn't expecting it at all. And funny enough, they're from Jersey. They're from Patterson. And I'm not too. Oh, uh, hey, that's a little. That's a little Peru. That's Peru Central. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, go. We'll go meet up with them. We'll get some Peruvian food. There we go. Yeah. And and you know me going to Montclair State. I was always right by Patterson, and mm -hmm. they actually talked about a spot. Uh, the that doesn't mean we're from this area. Though. No, it doesn't mean that. Yeah. Or we maybe. Could be, or maybe we could it does. Be from Mars, Mercury. <laughs> could be from LA, Texas. Who knows? It's a mystery. But they also gave a shout out to the Shannon Rose, which is a uh, like a. I guess it's kind of like a pub and there was one in Clifton where right by and I always went there and that's where they they you know one of the episodes they kicked off they talked about it, and I was like holy shit I was like I know exactly where that's at so it was I really cool I understood their reference yeah so yeah but they're really awesome uh they've only done like a handful of episodes so far I think like they're fairly new but like the couple ones they've done so far are really great and it's well worth checking out yeah and I will say uh one more is the uh Beat Bodega podcast which no offense to everyone else but they're probably like one of my favorite podcasts at the moment they do a music mix uh different type of music mixes so it can be like 80s soundtracks or you know like 90s punk is like the new one and then they have a discussion on the music so definitely check them out they do some really good uh some really good music mixes and if you're a big music fan like i like myself am i mean everyone loves music right but you know some ones are just like a little more some than music others. sluts are just a little get a <laughs> get around a little bit more than, yeah. than others <laughs> So, uh, and I'm definitely one of those. So definitely go check them out uh, at the Be Bodega podcast. They're, right. They do some good stuff. And obviously there's just a wealth of podcasts out there. And, you know, each week we'd like to give a spotlight on some of the ones that we've been listening spotlight. to. Spotlight. Um, and uh, if you guys kind of didn't know, so me and Martin, we kind of split duties on social media. Martin kind of focuses on like the Instagram side of things. I kind of mm. focus more on the Twitter side of things. But we do cross over every now and then. But just because yeah, we of do what, have an annual crossover, we have an annual crossover every now every and then. Now but then. mainly because you know we do have you know our alter ego full time jobs. You know it's it's you know yeah. it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of work. You know yeah. to so we got to split duties. So yeah. uh, 
If you want to slide into Nick's DMs, <laughs> go into the Twitter. Go into Twitter. If you want to slide into my DMs, go on the gram. You know, we're gentlemen. We won't bite unless you want us to. Right. It, it, it totally depends. But right. uh, depends on whatever you like. <laughs> you had to take it there, bro. I kept it simple, and you had to take it an extra notch. But um, bro, we but, go to we go to eleven here. <laughs> you're on ten on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere. Exactly. What we do is, if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. <laughs> Spinal tap. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, uh, like Nick was saying, there's just so many podcasts that that's been probably my favorite thing about this is just meeting all these people and interacting with everyone. And I try to be... I try to be fair. So, like, if <laughs> if I'm listening to, if I tell you I'm gonna listen to your shit, I'm gonna listen to your shit, right? You know, and 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 I'll enjoy it. And uh, so it's like, so sometimes it, I get a little backed up because the more people we meet, the more I kind of get backed up. Yes. But I have those days when I literally crank out like five episodes dude, to someone. Dude, I, and I was gonna say I know like, it's like so much fun. You're probably the same way too. Like, there's there's just so many podcasts that I have like on deck, just waiting to start diving into. Mm -hmm. But it's like I need to listen to these guys first, and then go yeah. to these guys. So yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, but uh, so we just highlighted three. I'm I'm, I'm sure maybe on the next one we'll probably highlight some more. Yeah, definitely. Because there's just so many that we uh that we've kind of interacted with and that we've we've been engaged with so uh so yeah everyone keep doing it you know it's been a blast being part of this community um we've loved it so far and you know we're just we're all here to support each other so definitely appreciate it no doubt all right now we can uh get into the uh knee deep of uh, episode 20 so we're gonna kick things off with some casting and movie announcements so Jake Gyllenhaal is teaming back up with his Southpaw director Antoine Fuqua for a new tense thriller called The Guilty. The film is based on the Gustav Mahler-directed Danish film with the same name that premiered at the 2018 Sundance Film Festival. The film will be produced by Gyllenhaal and Fuqua, among others, and written by True Detective creator Nick Pizzolatto. Pizzolatto. <laughs> is that how you say it? I don't even know. I don't know. I just say Pizzolatto. Like he pees a lot. Because we're fucking immature. <laughs> So much for being gentlemen. I know, right? God. So uh, production schedule to start on this movie in November with no release date announced as of yet. Uh, cool. Um, this sounds really cool. I never saw The Guilty. I, did you Did you see it or no? Did you watch the trailer for it? I watched the trailer for it, and yeah. uh, it, was, um, it was really intriguing and really interesting. It did remind me of some other stuff. We've spoken about The Call, which is uh, the Halle Berry movie. The Call. The Call. <laughs> Which is a very sim. It's it's almost like a similar premise where someone's calling like a nine one one operator and pretty much telling them that they're being abducted mm -hmm. and then everything kind of goes from there. Right. Uh, but the, the call is a similar uh, kind of premise to that too, and that's got a very important um, like what's the word? A very important like I guess presence in 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 our in like our group of circle. Yes, it's in the, the annals of our group of circles. Well, as as far as I know, it's the movie that scared the shit out of Steve Fisher. Fisher. Right. So. Uh, <laughs> We were going on a snowboarding, just to give a quick backstory, we were going on a snowboarding trip one time, and it was a long trip, and the movie was playing on the bus, and we made, and Fisher wasn't watching for whatever reason, he was probably talking to someone's, he's probably talking to someone's ear off, so he wasn't paying attention, but um, they were like, bro, Fisher isn't watching, and they're like, bro, he's scared, <laughs> and then since then, it's always been a thing that Fisher is scared of the call. Of the and call, that like, Halle Berry movie. The Halle Berry, <laughs> like now, like six, seven years later, it's still every now and then comes up, the call, yeah. <laughs> but it reminded me of that, it reminded me of Cellular, yes. uh, like we've spoken about, the, the Basinger and Chris Evans movie. Which I love that movie. It's not, I mean, I haven't seen it in forever. No, I was saying, like, that. that's one of those movies that's like, 
you know, it's not it's not like the greatest movie ever, but it's yeah. just it's such a fun gem. But it feels like a it feels like a very like just seeing the pictures feels like a very <laughs> mid two thousand. Oh, movie. it's of its time for yeah, sure. And but, I totally forgot that Jason Statham was in it. Well, it's dude. So is William H Macy. He plays a yeah. cop who's trying to open up a beauty salon. It's a day spa, you fuck. It's hysterical. Oh my god, I love that movie. But yeah, <laughs> kind of to get back to it, <laughs> stay on target. Um, what this. Like, yes, it gave me flavors of those movies, but what it really reminded me of the most was um, one of the Oscar-nominated live-action shorts from last year. Mm-hmm. It was called A Sister. I believe it was a Belgian film, and it's very similar to this. It's about a, um, it's about a like, 911 operator who gets a phone call from a woman, and she pretends to be her sister. So, like, the, like the kidnapper, so to speak, is saying, like, you can hear him off, like, you can hear him in the phone being, like, who are you talking to? And then she's like, I'm talking to my sister. And then they kind of give each other, like, code words and kind of, um, um, yeah, like, these kind of, like, code words to to pretty much figure out what's going on. So yeah, she's, almost, like, like, communicate to one another. Right, she's, like, if you're being things. abducted, say, like, a color, you yeah. know, like, stuff like that. And it was, I remember watching that, and I'm like, there's so much you can do with this premise. It was, it was like, a very intriguing premise. Is that is that the one that you told me that that they that they're, they made into a, a longer film, or was that a different live-action short? No, that was, um, oh, fuck, dude. Now you just got, oh, no, what is it? <laughs> oh. I, it's, like, right on the tip of my tongue, but All I right, can't, well, if I it, can't if, it, if, it. if it comes back to you, we'll cut in with it. Yeah. But no, that that was like that started off like very tense and it was very like uh, it got it got like the pump the blood pumping, but uh, but I felt like it was just like a bleed. It, it was like a flat ending because then they do their code language to pretty much figure out where they are and the cops go and like they so stop. it really had like no punch. yeah it had no yeah. punch and for the most part a lot of these like these nominated shorts have like bleak endings mm-hmm. like it's crazy how because I've seen the Oscar nominated shorts like almost every single year for the past like couple of years. And they, for the most part, they're like dark and like melancholy, and have like very bleak, mute endings. So, um, so I remember just watching and thinking like, there's a lot that you can do here. And seeing the trailer, yeah, it reminded me of that. And obviously, Fuqua, Fuqua is like we've spoken about how he could possibly be like a bit of a hit or miss director, but he always has your interest. Mm-hmm. So him with John Hall, like, yeah, I'm all about it. Like, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, their, their last project there was Southpaw, which was a little bit mixed. I think I was a little disappointed with it because I think I had a lot I had a lot of hype going into it. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, because I love boxing movies. You know, I like Fuqua. I like Gyllenhaal. I was like, this could be awesome. And then, like, it just was it just really didn't, like, completely click in terms of the movie. But I am still excited for this pairing. I think that, you know, they, they did do good work together with Southpaw just in terms of, like, from a director-actor standpoint. And I think this could be cool. And then the fact that you've got uh, Nick Pizz- Nick Pizzolatto in there. <laughs> See now now it's in my head. <laughs> but the fact that he's writing the script gives me uh, a little bit more intrigue into this because I love uh, the first season of True Detective. Obviously, second season is not that great. But I you know I I still yeah I would say he was he was rushed on it. You know, and then when he took a little bit of time off and came back with season three, season three kind of harkened back to season one. Really awesome season three. I love season three so. I am, you know, excited to see, how, you know, what he does with this project in terms of the and shout uh, out the to Ray Fisher play. on season three, which oh, yeah. we will get to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. It's a uh, it's a very interesting project, and you know, uh, we've kind of I've personally seen similar sort of projects like this. So I'm excited to see now, kind of like on a bigger, kind of grander scale. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to stay on the subject of Jake Gyllenhaal because he confirmed this week on Team Deacon's podcast, which is Roger Deacon's podcast. And for the life of me, I have no idea why the hell I have not listened to this podcast yet. You call yourself a fan? I know. <laughs> what would you say you do here? Have you listened to it yet? I've listened to like a few episodes. Not okay, a lot. nice. How is but, it? Uh, it's, dude, I mean, 
I already said this, but it's like Deacon sometimes when he speaks, it just sounds like he doesn't give a fuck and that he just hates everyone. <laughs> he just has this like very like um like no fucks given swag and, and and vibe to him. And I just I love listening to him talk. Go watch his Oscar acceptance speech. He's just sitting up there with like his like fucking shirt unbuttoned, like just like there, like leaning, like yeah. I, I want to share this with my wife of 27 years, James. Whatever. And right. He, like fucking bails, but um. But yeah, it's it's a it's a fun listen. I definitely recommend it. I did not listen to the Jake Gyllenhaal one, and they're not long. They're like maybe like an hour, hour and a half. So okay. it's not like crazy beefy episodes. Right. Well, on that episode that he was on, uh, he talked about working with uh, Denis Villeneuve, who we're obviously massive fans of, and he kind of dropped this little bit of information that they're working on a secret project Bombs. together. <laughs> <laughs> Diabolical bitches. Diabolical bitches. Uh, so the two obviously have worked together before on Enemy and Prisoners, and in Prisoners, Roger Deakin shot it. So, mm-hmm. so they all kind of have a familiarity, a bit with of each a other. connection. Yeah, yeah, right. And Danny Villeneuve also said how after doing two massive back-to-back films with Blade Runner and Dune, that he kind of wants to shift his attention towards much smaller movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, these sort of smaller story-driven movies um, are have been films where Jalen Hall and Danny have both excelled in. Yes, you know, it's not. I don't want to say it's like their wheelhouse because right. they both have. Um, showing what they can do on both aspects, whether it's small films or or big budget films. So, but yeah, this just, I mean, I'm excited for what, I mean, if you put fucking Daniel Villeneuve's name and Jake John Hall's name to a project, I'm going to be excited and interested right away. Yeah. Combine, right. And the fact there's a smaller story, that actually makes me a little bit more excited because that's going to be more st- more story driven, more character focused, mm-hmm. and I'm all about it. Yeah, and that's definitely within uh, Denise, like wheelhouse in terms of like doing like those smaller, more character driven kind of movies. That's kind of what he came up in. And I'm not like the biggest fan of Enemy. Like I kind of appreciate it for what it is, but I'm mm-hmm. not like a massive fan of it. I'm but, not. The, I but, think it's fine. I think it's fine too. Yeah. But like Prisoners, I love. I love mm-hmm. Prisoners. So I'm really excited to see them team up and do something. Enemy is it's like a. Well, I'm not gonna get into it because it's, it's a bit of a like we can go into a whole conversation about well, enemy. enemies. Very has a lot of metaphorical elements right. into it. Ways metaphor. to ways to, ways ways <laughs> metaphor ways to interpret things differently. So and yeah. very it's like yeah it's almost like very whip out the mind. It's heady. Yeah, it's definitely heady for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're gonna move on to some Scream Five casting news, which I know you're fucking excited about. It's Christmas. So Nev Campbell took to social media to confirm that she'll be returning to Scream Five to reprise, reprise her role as Sydney Prescott. And as well as uh, Marley Shelton, who played Deputy Judy Hicks in Scream 4, is also coming back. And then you have newcomers Dylan Minetti, Mason Gooding, and Mikey Madsen rounding out the cast. Scream 5 is set to be released on January, oh, in January of 2022, with production starting this fall. Uh, I think we kind of expected Sidney Prescott to come back after you have, like, you know, David Arquette and Courtney Cox. We were so. hoping. We kind of, yeah, but we kind of, I kind of figured that it was already, like, yeah. in the bag and they just were kind of waiting to it. But yeah, this cool. They pretty much rounded out their cast. I'm, I'm really excited that Sidney Prescott. Scott, Niff Campbell's coming back. Marley Shelton. I love Marley Shelton. She will always be Wendy Peppercorn to me. She 100%. plays a huge part in my puberty, as think, she did. I think, I think in a lot of, a lot a lot of, a lot of people's kids. A lot puberty. of kids. <laughs> Wendy Peppercorn. Mm. A lot of youngins. She's, uh, she's still a very iconic figure that gets brought up every now and then. I mean, even girls to this day are dressing up as Wendy Peppercorn. Absolutely. Like, that just goes to show... That's, the sort it's of, still a hugely popular yeah, wedding, the, uh, Halloween costume. The impact that, that she had on uh, our generation, so to speak. But, um, but yeah, and then these other kids... Uh, not kids, I'm sorry. But these other um, actors. Uh, it's in, I like this because Mason Gooding and Dylan Minnette 
both have a sort of horror background. Mm-hmm. Dylan Minnette was in Don't Breathe, the Freddy Alvarez movie. Yep. And Mason Gooding was in Swamp Thing, the DC Universe show, which was canceled for whatever reason. And then, um, and then like we were speaking about once upon a time on Hollywood, the uh, what's her name again? I'm sorry, uh, Mikey Madison. Mikey Madison. Or She's Madison. A, Madison. Yeah. She was one of the. Um, she was one of the uh, Manson girls. <laughs> the Manson again. girls. Yeah, and like she, even like that that end scene has like a bit of a creepy vibe to it. Yeah, it and, does. And it has then, a little bit of horror aspects yeah, to it. Yeah, and then even the way she's dressed with her little white face, you know, <laughs> like just she kind of has this kind of like pale, um, sort of like ghost creepy vibe and she, to it. And she has like this very like manic energy. Like, yeah. Like, hey, which, man. Which could possibly, which could work in Scream. It could. Scream every now and then gets over the top, so it can yes. definitely work there. And, uh, and she can scream. Oh, she definitely can scream. She that's can for sure. Hit those notes. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited about this, and uh, and I'm I'm all for I'm all for uh, I'm all for get this going. This is exciting. This is exciting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you actually told me something very interesting. Uh, something that you read on the interwebs. Uh, a little bit of a possible spin on Sydney Prescott's character that she yes. is going to be the Drew Barrymore of this. Yes. Well, of, th- of there Scream were five. there were theories floating around. Um, because I'm, I'm not really, I don't really go into the, I, I hate Twitter. <laughs> the Twitter sphere. <laughs> I hate Twitter. I think it's like the most toxic place. Grant, the gram is pretty bad too. I think not, Nick can tolerate it a little bit more than I do. Which oh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I tolerate because I have to, but I fucking hate Twitter. <laughs> yeah, but you know, he got the, that, he got the short end of the stick. Yeah. But uh, the, the few, the little bit that I saw on there that people were saying was that, um, some people. And this has absolutely no weight to it whatsoever. But yeah. some people are speculating that she could possibly play the Casey Becker role, which was the Drew Barrymore role from right. the first one. And if you think about that time, I believe it was 1996, um, Drew, like, Drew Barrymore was huge. Yeah, she was she was in like Never Been Kissed and like a yeah. lot of these like big like romantic comedies that were coming out. So e. She was she was she was like, even like way for like ET Firestarter. Like, well, yeah, you know, but just mm-hmm. at that time in the '90s, that's when she was starring in a lot of these big bigger type movies. Yeah. So she was kind of like the it girl at the time. She was a name, so. right? You put her like you you hire her in the movie. You splash her in front of the poster, and then you kill her off within like five. Yeah, and she, it's, if I remember correctly, wasn't she like at like the front of the poster? Too? She was at the very front yeah. because I remember like you had to, if you're looking at the poster, she was like the very front person, like on the left, right, right. And then everyone else kind of like was scaled down behind, uh, yeah. like beyond her. But uh, but yeah, you have like this big name. You bring her on, and then boom, you kill her off. And that's like that's one of the reasons why that movie is such like a like a like iconic really yeah, yeah. And like almost like a trendsetter and how, how it kind of like changed the genre for for, for many i mean can reasons. we talk like that's that's such a genius move too like the fact that you market like this big name star only mm-hmm. to have them like killed off within like the first like 15 minutes like it's, yeah i mean that's, it's happened that's, a couple times so in films. but like but just in general like like i think like that was one of the first movies to like really market this like like this character mm-hmm. and be like this is going to be one of the big and all of a sudden it's like but, i mean it's kind of like psycho a little bit you know what i mean yes. like in that same sense but i think janet lee was in the in psycho way longer than drew barrymore was you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was such a shock when she got killed off in the first 15 and minutes. Because then scene it is so good. It is really good, I but then it it so kind of just sets that tone that like nobody's safe. You know what I mean? And that's why that's so that's that's such an awesome move that Wes right. Craven did. And if they do that here, I'd be all about it. Yeah. Like I mean, I love the franchise. I love the character of Sonya Prescott, but we've kind of seen for the most part um, the same thing kind of get repeated every now and then. Like yes, everyone has a different motive. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Like yes, everyone has a different motive. But uh, but yeah, like maybe like if, if they were to go ahead and kind of turn it on its head and start it off that way, like I'd be all for it. Like why not? Yeah, and the fact that we're in like the fifth movie of the franchise, you got to do something fresh to shake things up. So mm-hmm. this might be the thing that they end up doing. Right, and you can possibly almost um, in a way also reboot the franchise. It's like okay, she she gets killed off, and maybe we'll follow someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, another of one of these young characters that that 
like she passed it on the torch, so to speak. Yeah. And I would say I got I got another question for you. Oh, what's up? Is Jack Wade the killer? Yes. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Yes. Um, when we were putting up when we were putting the the pictures together for for episode nineteen, and we were looking for Jack Quaid photos for the banner because the the banner that we talked about when he got casted. I'm looking through these photos. And I'm like, this motherfucker is definitely the killer. He's the killer. There's <laughs> no doubt in my mind. He is definitely the killer. He's he just seeing that smirky, like fuck you grin on his face. He's pretty tall. He's gonna be able to fill out the costume pretty well. I mean, he's skinny, right. but the costume is loose, so it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, right, right. But he'll like he he can have like a pretty good presence in the costume. There's no doubt in my mind. Take it to the bank. Put all the chips in. Vegas odds, whatever the fucking metaphors are, and uh, and yeah. He's definitely gonna be a killer. I'm calling I'll, you now. I'll say because you had me thinking that he could possibly play kind of like this, like super fanatic of like the these these murders, like like which, from the previous movies, right. which they kind of they kind of did before with Scream Four, you right? Always, well, you always have the one horror fanatic, the, right. the horror film, like the movie enthusiast who knows all the films. Yes. You know, like Randy was the like like we mentioned, Randy was the first one and the second one, and then obviously in the fourth one you had a Corey Culkin, um, Rory Culkin, and. Uh, Eric Knudsen. Yes. They're like the leaders of the cinema club, so to speak. And they were like the movie fanatics and they got killed off. But actually, no, but um, spoiler alert. I mean, it's been like nine years, whatever. (laughs) But uh, Borori Culkin's character was actually one of the killers, Charlie. Oh, right, right. Charlie and uh, Emma Roberts' characters. Like they were both like partners in crimes. Yes, so to speak. But but even like Hayden Panettiere has like the moment when she just like fires off all like the scary movies. Right. The killer asks her question. She just goes and starts firing like, Friday the 13th, blah, blah, blah. So like everyone's always like, there's always like low key movie fans in um in this sort of franchise. So yeah, well, the franchise has always been very like like meta in that sense of like of like you know calling, meta. calling like the horror tropes and different things like that. Mm-hmm. So and I'm sure this one's gonna be loaded with all kinds of stuff, especially now like with with technology and everyone's being connected and everything. Like yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with this. Like super excited. Yeah, definitely. All right, next up we have a Madonna biopic that's actually in the works. So Madonna has teamed with screenwriter Diablo Cody, producer Amy Pascal, and Universal for a biopic on Madonna. She will co-write the script with Cody and direct the untold true story about her life, which I guess the movie's called The Untold True Story since it's in quotes. I don't fucking know. Since but on Variety, quotes. it was like, or with that site that we got it from, it was in quotes. Right, right. Like the untold true story. And, and I got to admit, I was curious as to why we were talking about the Madonna biopic, and I know exactly why, because you're a huge fan of Diablo Cody. I love Cody. Diablo <laughs> Cody, man. That's my girl. Look, she came out the gate swinging with Juno. She came out, wrote this amazing script. It was very fun, quirky, had this different energy that was kind of, that felt very fresh, and she won her Oscar. But I feel since then, she hasn't really been able to like almost... Um, kind of like escape that shadow or kind of like surpass you know what I mean like yeah. she hasn't been uh, you, you made a good point what, what was the point that you made the other day of well, what about Diablo Cody yeah of how she has she hasn't been able to like sort of well she she's she, well it's like you, she's kind of been living in that Juno shadow and she hasn't she hasn't lived up to that potential at least in the eyes of mm-hmm. like her critics she hasn't lived right. up to that potential since Juno because she won the Oscar for it you know what I mean so you know, and then uh, I don't remember was Jennifer, Jennifer's body was not her follow up project. It was something else, I think. No, right? I believe it was. I oh, that was Jennifer's the follow up. Jennifer's body was 2009. Okay, and so that was right. Was, after, that came right after Juno. Yeah, which was two years later. Right, and then which, she did like smaller projects and here and there. Yeah, yeah and Jennifer's body obviously was not uh, critically well received, and it pretty sure it bombed at the box office. But since then, it has. I think it recently just had like its. I want to say it had like its 10 year anniversary, and 
since then, like it's it's developed this cult following. It has um, a lot of fans. So Which I'm a proud member of that cult. Are you the leader of that cult? I'm not the leader of that cult. <laughs> I am not Klaus, but I'm a proud <laughs> member of it. I love that film so much. Yeah, but you know now it's kind of getting a little bit of recognition and stuff. So it's it's good to see that she's like because I'm pretty sure this is probably the first really big high profile project she's been attached to since Juno. Probably. I mean, I would say like or or Jennifer's body. You know what I, I mean? Don't know. Like, because I mean, when you think of Jennifer's body. Um, by the way, I'm sorry that I keep itching. You got the allergies, allergies bro. Allergies, bro. It's so bad. But, um, I mean, Jeff, uh, Megan Fox was a huge, I mean, she's, well, I, at the time, at the time, cause the Transformers yeah. and everything, she was like this new smoke show baby. I was like on the scene. Right. Um, and then totally, I mean, it was Charlie Theron. Charlize. So, Charlize. So she's had like, she's had, uh, she's been in projects that like have been linked to like high profile names, but. I just feel like she hasn't been able to sort of like break away from the shadow or sort of like well in terms of like that mainstream kind yeah of, and kind just of kind of deal. like just push away from it and like break a break a lean ground and kind of like come back on on because she's also doing she's also I believe show running the the Powerpuff Girls live action show oh no way yeah so okay. I mean she's getting she's getting work that's yeah, the thing yeah. like she's she's getting work I just want her to kind of like um you know just put it on the table and just be like look. This is what I can do because I'm fucking I'm right. Diablo Cody. I'm right. awesome because I have I have all the faith in her. I believe in her, and I just really hope that she knocks us out of the park because yeah, this yeah. could be like really huge for her. Definitely. But all I'm saying, bro, is that if this movie does not go into Madonna's phenomenal <laughs> turn in Die Another Day, just just fucking throw that out. No thanks. I don't like cockfights. Just throw it out. I don't want to deal with it. And no, but on top of that, I'll double down like we spoke about um, Rodman. I want to see the. I want to see. The behind the scenes of her relationship with Rodman. Rodman. Because uh, according to The Last Dance, we wouldn't have gotten Dennis Rodman if it wasn't for Madonna. It's true. Madonna was the one that broke him out of his shell. She was the one who was like, if you want to wear this crazy shit, wear it. If you want to dye your hair, dye it. If you want to take naked pictures with exotic animals, do it. Like, be you. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> he did, And he did all that. And he did all that and some. <laughs> so, bro, strippers owe so much money to Madonna <laughs> because of the um, of the just rampage that he went on in Vegas over his career. So, so yeah, I'm, 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 I just think, like, I'm not crazy about this because... I definitely think there's a market and audience for this movie. Well, she has like a she does have a massive yeah. fan base. Yeah, so the I think the audience and the market is definitely there. I wouldn't necessarily put myself in that market, but um, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe once we get more news, maybe some more casting. You know, well everything can can change. But as of now, it's just like I'm just like whatever, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like that little, little yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have one more thing to talk about with this with this little segment. Uh, to a little bit of a callback to, to last week with uh, Hollywood Nutjobs. Respectfully, Hollywood oh, respectfully. Nutjobs. Respectfully, Hollywood Nutjobs. Respectfully. Uh, Amy Pascal is attached she's, to this project. She's our Nutjob of the Week. And she's our Nutjob of the Week. Oh, my God. And this is, this is not a knock on her because she is, like, like, like she's the shit. You know what I mean? Like, she's yeah. one of the reasons why Seth Rogen, you know, is as successful as he is because she obviously, I think you told me this, that she, she's the one that greenlit like super yeah, bad and a lot of like other projects super bad and pineapple well she was first super bad people weren't making it and then he took it to her and she was like yeah like let's fucking do it and right. then immediately greenlit pineapple express right so a lot of these movies that people were scared to touch um she was like yeah fuck it let's do it and right. obviously spider-verse which is considered as one of the great superhero movies by many people right was was her was pascal pascal pictures, pictures. um sausage party again like she's not scared and then she even had an oscar win not an oscar winner but an oscar contender with the post yes. like two three years ago right so she's a great producer let's not get it twisted <laughs> no. but she's fucking but she's insane <laughs> but you one crazy ass bitch 
when you see pictures, um, I watch a lot of interviews. When I watch interviews with her, like that woman looks like she hasn't slept in weeks. She's just she's got she's just putting her caffeine right here. She's just literally like in yeah. and just putting it right up in there. Right, right. And uh, the, yeah, there was a big leaks that she threw a sandwich at Kevin Feige. Yes. Like, so oh yeah, when all those swimming leaks leaked, and then the, just just reading like her emails of her responses to people, like yeah, she's she's crazy. Yeah, man. yeah, but she but she does good. She no, she does good stuff. She does good work. So uh, so kudos to you. You are respectful. <laughs> Hollywood Hollywood <laughs> shout out to the Yarnies. If this becomes a thing, the Yarnies kind of uh, I, kind I'll, I'll say we'll give them credit for that. Yeah, one. I kind of spawned it. Absolutely. So yeah. All right. Next up, we have some some Disney Plus MCU show news, which I feel like this has been a long time coming because ever since like COVID hit, I feel like we haven't heard shit about any of these shows, and yeah, and they and they announced like so many of them, and now we're finally starting to get some stuff here. So we're gonna kick it off with uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, which recently resumed production after being shut down due to the coronavirus. And now uh, recent set photos have been released and they're showing new looks at the characters, including Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie and the title characters, as well as Emily Van Camp as Sharon Carter and George, uh, George St. Pierre as uh, Batrock, right? Batrock, yeah. yeah. Batrock the Leaper. Which I had no idea he was coming back. He's reprising, he's reprising his role from Winter yeah. Soldier. I was like, oh shit, that's awesome. Yeah, I saw Seth Rogen. I was like, oh, cool. Uh, I love G GSP. He's my favorite fighter, so cool to see him back. And um, and yeah, all the pretty much what we got from this is this is kind of reiterated as sort of like espionage, spy thriller, more grounded vibe. Mm -hmm. If it's if it's very keen to uh, the, the civil the Winter Soldier aesthetics, so to right? Speak. So uh, so it's cool. I mean, it's fun to see a suit, but however, it's it's monochromatic. So that's right, yeah. Because Anthony Mackie dropped like that one yeah. photo of of him smoking a cigar, being all badass in the suit. So. Even though we've we've kind of seen what the suit's gonna look like, just seeing uh, it like because the merchandise and stuff, mm -hmm. but just in person we really haven't yet. So, but the photo was in black and white, so we still don't know like what the colors look like in terms of like you know in motion and everything like that. Right, but uh, but yeah, it's it's cool to see, and I'm excited for um to get this kind of rolling because I'm really excited for the show. Yeah, definitely, and I'm also happy that Daniel Bruhl's coming back to reprise his character from Civil War. Which we're he's, big fans. He's of. kind of like gonna be the main bad guy of mm -hmm. the show, which is. I cool. hope they give him the sock. I want to see that sock. Oh no, he's definitely getting the sock. For sure, it's been confirmed. Oh, that's right. And we saw that little. I think there's that like little a little snippet, snippet yeah. right, of someone going in there like frame by frame, like yes. freaking out those and fucking nerds. Like, 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 oh my god, he's got the sock. <laughs> he's got the sock on. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm excited for this. Definitely. And the other cool thing was Disney Plus came out and confirmed that WandaVision is still slated to come out later this year, but no release date has been given yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming it's going to be around probably Christmas time. I would think. And it goes to show the difference in productions with these two shows. Right, because it seems like WandaVision is going to be more contained, more bottled up. Right, more kind of like a, I guess, you can, I guess you can fill a lot of those voids with like almost like CG. Yes. And shit, where as to where the Falcon and Winter Soldier is like, I feel like they're doing a lot of onset, on location shooting mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, uh, I'm really excited for WandaVision. I really enjoyed the Tom King Vision run. Uh, that kind of took his, kind of took a more sort of. Um, What's the like domestic approach to the character? Yeah. So, uh, so from what we've seen, I kind of feel like we're gonna get a little bit of that, and uh, and yeah, this I'm I'm all for it. Right. And from what I've heard from the show, it's supposed to be very like trippy and out there and very different than what we've gotten from the MCU before. So that already piques my interest. To yeah, begin and with. isn't supposed to have like maybe some possible tie-ins with the uh, the multiverse of madness? Yes. So to speak. Yes. So, so that could yeah. be exciting. I'm I'm all about it. I'm all about it. And then we've got a little bit of uh, breaking news. So breaking news. Breaking you heard it here first. <laughs> the Effiners got the scoop. We got our inside sources hitting us up. Now we are going to talk about it now, which will probably get released like in a couple of days. <laughs> like a week or so. It's going to be old news at this point. But hey, 
As of this recording. This recording. It's, it, breaking, it's news. breaking news. So if you know where you wherever you see it, just remember where they went. They they got it from us. They got it from us. They yeah. Got yeah. From us. So Emmy-winning actress Tatiana Maslany, best known for her starring turn in Orphan Black, as well as Stronger with Jake Gyllenhaal, and this year's HBO series Perry Mason, has been tapped to play Jennifer Walters, aka She-Hulk, She-Hulk. which is set to be released on Disney Plus. Uh, I might butcher this name. Kate Chiaro, I hope I said that right, has been uh, hired to direct multiple episodes of the series, and I think she's also the showrunner for this as well. And then um, Jessica Gayo will also lead the writers' room, so I'm guessing she's going to be like the head writer of the series. And I believe one of them has experience with like Brooklyn Nine Nine, which with, I think is uh, um, Kate Chiaro. I think. Okay, is, yeah, yeah, she's and, like, the one. Broad City, I believe. Yeah, she's got like yeah. the kind of a comedy background. Right. So kind of, um, so kind of makes you think that it's going to be more almost like a in the comedy sort of um, right. Route. Uh, this is awesome. Uh, I'm really excited for this. I um, did not expect this at all because I, I don't think Tatiana Maslany physically uh, like looks is sim- like looks like the character. Like yeah. Allison Brie is literally looks just like Jessica Walsh. It's kind of crazy, right? But um, or Jennifer Garner, like we were saying all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really like Tatiana Maslany. This is awesome. Good for her. And uh, and 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 yeah, like I'm all about it. Let's do it. Right. And this this is kind of the first of the newer announced um, Disney Plus Marvel shows mm-hmm. that kind of have moved forward with like casting and stuff. Because you know when Disney Plus kind of first dropped, it was you know we knew it was going to come with Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, WandaVision, and the Hawkeye series. And then later on, they had announced She Hulk, Moon Knight, and I think um, Ms. Marvel as well. Right. Right, yeah. which I've I'm, I've recently kind of hopped on the Miss Marvel uh, bandwagon, so to speak, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm a huge fan. Like, yeah, yeah, she's a she's a very fun character, and she's from Jersey City. Nice. So um, which so, we which we might might or, may or may not may be or from. may not be from. <laughs> Who knows? It's a mystery. But uh, but yeah, for all we know, this could have been already like casted, but just with everything that happened, right? They, they just were kind of holding yeah. on to it. Yeah, but uh, I'm glad they got the showrunner. I got the, I'm glad they got their lead, and uh, I'm looking forward to more news. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, before we jump into our main topics for the day, we're going to talk about some movie delays, which I think we kind of expected coming after Tenet was released at the box office and really didn't make a splash in the mm-hmm. U.S. I think it's doing okay foreign, but, you know... Like, he, like globally, it's... Like, globally, it's, it's okay, right. uh-huh. but, like, here, it's, like, it's really not making any waves. Um, so, Warner Brothers has delayed Wonder Woman 1984 yet again. The highly anticipated sequel has shifted from its October 2nd release date to Christmas Day of this year. Uh, and then also in Simulus... In Simulus... Oh, my God. Simulus... And Simulus. Get the ludes. Get the ludes. Get I'm the not. ludes. I will not die sober. Get those fucking ludes. So in similar news, Black Widow has reportedly been delayed yet again with Pixar Soul potentially being dropped onto Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So uh, Black Widow, like the reports came out that it was going to get delayed. They haven't said what they're going to do with it yet, but there's like, I think it's just, it's going to happen. And then um, Soul is probably going to go to that premium VOD spot on Disney Plus like Mulan was. Right. And uh, I'm not too crazy about all this sort of um, jumping. Like, oh, let's go another two months. Let's delay another two months. Let's delay another two months. If you're going to delay it, like this is just me personally, just say delay it indefinitely. Yeah. See how everything's going to play out and then give it a proper release date. At this point, I don't think it's a good idea to delay Black Widow again because mm-hmm. then you're going to literally... Because Eternals is coming out in February, supposedly. Right. If you delay it again, you're going to put it too close to Eternals You're going to, or you're going to possibly push everything back. Everything's going to start to get very crowded. It's going, it's going to start to get very diluted. So, like... Yeah, I, say, I feel like 2021 is already just it's already, completely bro, crowded. And it's just like, look, drop, twi- drop Black Widow on... Um, on Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Uh, along with Disney, along with uh, Soul, I know there was a lot of controversy with Mulan, so 
I'm not sure how those numbers did. If they didn't do well, then I think it's you, safe I, to you say. You might be able to kind of just, right. just put it off on the fact that it had so much controversy around right. it. So, and if you look at, I believe, we're not 100% sure, but I believe that Trolls, when that was first, um, when everything first kind of hit the fan, mm-hmm. that that had a pretty successful VOD release. Yes, so I think it did. So I think, I think Soul, um, especially being Thanksgiving time, families, holidays, I think that could do really well on Disney+. Plus. I think so too. And I've been hearing uh, people that have seen um, some cuts of the film that mm-hmm. is one of Pixar's better movies. And, you know, it, it is Pixar, so you're at, you're at least getting a decent movie. You're at least getting three tiers. Right. At least. Right. So um, <laughs> The three tiers. The three tiers. Yeah. You're at least going to get three of those. And then, yeah, I mean, you can trust Pixar at this point to give you a good movie. Yeah. No matter what. Definitely. And we really enjoyed Onward. Oh, I love Onward. Um, it's about a guy who's never met his dad. So right off the bat, most relatable Pixar film ever. <laughs> for you. <laughs> for me. Um, uh, but yeah, I'd, it's just, I don't, I, I'm just not a big fan of just like Wonder Woman just jumping X amount of months. If you're going to delay it, I, I would just say delay Wonder Woman indefinitely until mm-hmm. everything, because we have no idea what's going to happen with the holidays. Right. There's already talks that shit's going to start, that sh- that stuff is possibly happening in regards to COVID. So I would just say delay indefinitely until um, the waters kind of calm down and then just drop Black Widow on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. The only thing I would say is I do like the Christmas Day slot for Wonder Woman. I think it yeah, could, it's a great slot. I think, I think it could make a ton of money. And I think if things are okay at that point, COVID-wise, I think families will go out to see Wonder Woman in theaters. I think it could bring... Yeah, I no, think, I'm I, saying like right now, just leave it there. But if it if right. it comes down to where you have to nail it again, just uh, don't do your don't do it another I know, two I know, months. I know. two months. Just and it is inter- it is interesting that you that you said Black Widow should just go to Disney Plus. I think even though you know coming from us, we prefer to see as many movies in theaters as we possibly can, no matter mm-hmm. what size or scale they are. I feel like Black Widow is going would would make a killing if they released it on video on demand. I yeah. feel like everybody would buy that movie. Mm-hmm. So if you're Disney and you want to make money, I feel like that's that, that's Put it on no there brainer. for thirty bucks. I think people would definitely buy that for sure. Especially households who have, um, like, if you're in a household like if, like us, we're in a household of three, so to speak. Right. Split it three ways. That's ten bucks a person. That's way cheaper than any fucking movie ticket we're going to get around this area, anyway. So. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So even though movies are constantly getting delayed, that hasn't stopped new movie trailers from coming out. Trailers. So we're gonna kick it off with uh, the first trailer, which is Love and Monsters, starring Dylan O'Brien. Jessica Henwick and Michael Rooker. The film is described as a post-apocalyptic action comedy in which Joel Dawson, who is played by Dylan O'Brien, ventures out into a giant creature-infested land to find his high school girlfriend, Amy... Oh, just Amy. Her name's just Amy. I thought thought there was a last name. (laughs) Amy. The film is scheduled to be released in theaters and on demand by Paramount Pictures on October 16th, 2020. Right. Uh, I remember hearing about this. Uh, they dropped a couple pictures for it, and I was like, "Oh, this sounds kind of cool." And then I saw the trailer, and I was like, eh. "Yeah, yeah." It didn't didn't look too great. The only reason it's on here is because uh, Bob was like, "Doesn't Nick like post-apocalyptic movies?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "All right, I'm gonna add." I was like, "All right, whatever." Like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I mean, I mean, I did like seeing Michael Rooker in this trailer. I think he brings like a, just all kinds of energy, and mm-hmm. when he comes on screen in this trailer, that's exactly what he does. And uh, some of the creatures are kind of cool looking, but the CG is a little hit or miss. It's a little this, rough, you know. And it's a little rough. and like the vibe of the trailer was very strange. Like I guess they're supposed to be leaning into like the comedy aspect, but I'm pretty sure there's a part where Dylan O'Brien's family gets like murked like very early on, yeah, and he, he just has stepped on, and he just has like this very blank stare on his face. So I'm just like, all right. Well. It reminded me of like the mist, yeah, and, like, those creatures, or like some sort of like or like Kong, Skull Island. It feels like there's just regular. 
bugs and animals that are like almost like mutated. Like mutated, so it's like yeah. an environmental kind of thing. Right, it's kind of, I mean, I love monsters, so it was cool to see some monster designs, but I'm with you. The, it just felt like it, it just felt like a little blah. Uh, I feel like, I feel like just go watch Warm Bodies. Right. I kind of yeah. got like a similar vibe from that too. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, we'll see, but it's not, uh, I'm not going to pay for it. That's <laughs> right, for sure. right. No, definitely not. I'm not paying for that movie. All right, we're going to move on to The Trial of Chicago 7, which is something that, that we've both really been like anticipating. And the, uh, I believe it's coming out on Netflix later this year. Uh, I think October. In a yeah. month. Yeah, in like a month. Same, October 16th. So, yeah, October 16th. Oh, October 16th, cool. So, so are we going to watch this or Love and Monsters? That's a tough one. Tough one, one bro. It's a really it's tough a one. It's a tough one. So if you don't know about The Trial of Chicago 7, it is an upcoming legal drama that stars Sasha Baron Cohen, Joe Gordon Levitt, Mark Rylance, and so many other people like Michael Keaton. Stacked. Stacked. Uh, Frank Langella. Frank Langella. Like really stacked cast. The movie follows The Chicago 7, a group of anti-Vietnam War protesters charged with the conspiracy in late 1969 relating to nice. charges of crossing state lines in the intention of inciting riots in the 1968 Democratic Convention in Chicago. And... Reading these notes, uh, the film is set to be released next month on October 16th, 2020. Uh, Bro, this, Bob th- puts hard work into those he does, notes. He does put hard work. fucking read them. Well, I, I, was, I, was a little, I was a little off uh, yesterday. But anyway, this, um, yeah, this, this, is, this is awesome. I, I got everything I wanted from this trailer, even though it's only like a minute and a half. But it's, uh, they definitely cut it to be very relevant with what's going on today. Oh, man. yeah. Very, uh, very powerful. Yes. Uh, the chants, the voiceover, everything looks really good. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, we were just talking about how the guy's capable of so much. He looks great in this. He does look great in this. He looks like he's going to knock it out of the park. The cast, like you said, is amazing. I love the tone. I love the feel of the vibe. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Let's do it. I still don't really... I got more from that description in regards to the story than I did from the trailer. Oh, yeah, no, by far. So, because I was still like, okay, this looks cool, but I'm still not really like, sure what it's about. I don't know what it's about, about yeah. But, uh, but now I have a little bit more of an idea, and I'm all for it. I can't wait. Yeah, definitely. And the fact that it is Aaron Sorkin writing and directing, and with this immense amount of casting, I mean, you just got to think that this is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And I like what he did with Molly's Game, so I'm excited to see his, uh, his sophomore effort, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next show we're going to jump to is Synchronic. The film stars Anthony Mackie and James Dornan and follows two paramedics in New Orleans who are ripped apart after a series of horrific deaths that are caused by a new designer drug. The film is set to be released next month on October 23rd, 2020. Uh, this trailer was awesome. Yeah. It really awesome. A trippy as fuck. Uh, Mindbender. Mindbender. Uh, the directors had done The Endless and a few other movies. They not they haven't like really taken off into the mainstream yet, but they have their fans and their fans are passionate as fuck. I was reading about it and... People love them. They're saying if you haven't seen their movies yet, definitely go Dude, check them out. Dude, this trailer made me want to watch The Endless. And it's, not, it's on Netflix, yes. I believe. Yes. So I definitely want to check that out very soon. Yeah, the directors are Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. So I want to give them a little bit of a shout out because they seem to be like they're they're going to explode really soon. Because I think Synchronic premiered at TIFF last year yeah. when we were there. We didn't get the chance to see it. but I haven't even heard of it until now. Well, I remember, I remember it made a bit of a splash because the people that did see it really loved it. And they said the movie's really good. And uh, the poster's actually really fucking awesome, too. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it's like really, all... It definitely really looks cool like they're stuff. going to be jumping between space and time. Yes. Yeah, I got like... I got Requiem for a Dream... Requiem for a Dream vibes. I got like Adjustment Bureau vibes. I got um, Butterfly Effect vibes. Yeah. So I got a lot of stuff from this trailer. And it's and it's um described as a sci-fi horror which is my favorite genre, if yep. that's even a genre. But, it's a uh, subgenre. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. I also got Black Mirror vibes, mostly because of because Anthony, Anthony Mackie. Anthony yeah. Mackie was in the Black Mirror episode, which, which is like um, 
just seeing him kind of like fucking doze off and be all weird and shit so, right so yeah i'm definitely looking forward to this this looks awesome yeah and and i definitely love my uh my like mind fuck type of movies you know especially after just seeing tenant and all kinds of other stuff like hard sci-fi hard, hard, i'm into hard sci-fi, I'm into hard sci-fi. I'm into sci-fi. <laughs> fantasy is bullshit or uh puff daddy and uh game to the greek you ever been mind fucked before it's called mind fucking you ever been mind fucked before i don't think so i'm mind fucking you right now you are can you feel my dick fucking your mind i can't really feel anything see that's it that's the art of it all right, and on to our last trailer, and it's coming from Blumhouse. So they have a new film called Freaky. The slasher comedy stars Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton and follows a high school student, Millie Kessler, who becomes the newest target of The Butcher, an infamous serial killer, during her senior year. When the killer's magical dagger causes her to swap bodies with him, she discovers she has only a day to reverse the switch, or else she's going to remain trapped as a middle-aged murderer hunted by the city forever, while the real killer, who is trapped inside her body, targets her classmates at homecoming. The film is set to be released later this year on November 13th, 2020. So yeah, this is another fun like this trailer was awesome body swap kind of deal. <laughs> it's and... the hot chick with a with a serial killer. <laughs> the serial killer, yeah, and it's played by Vince Vaughn nonetheless. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm not really the um. I've fallen off the Vince uh, Vaughn bandwagon, so to speak. Well, have you seen Braun Cellblock '99? I you always bring that. I yes, do bring I have, it up. Man. I have. It's a good movie, and yes. he, he does do a good job yes. in it. But it's like it's despite that, you know, or True Detective, which we we also talk we talked about. Like I just felt like um I just got I I got burned too many times with him like in the mid to late two thousands it was like the same shit like with his comedies yeah it was the same shit yeah. and like the same like delivery and that quick like quippy stuff that he edited it over and over again and yeah I do sub block and it, that's that's a completely different um like oh, I performance know. that's oh that's I like, know man that's hard yes that's way and he's fucking good in it yeah he is he is good in it but uh but I remember seeing that um and I enjoyed it even though it was just like still still not over it completely you know i have trust issues well, so, so i'm sorry <laughs> and then same thing with a with true detective that season just kind of um was just not great well he uh, that, that's the thing too is is i as i thought he gave a good performance but he was saddled with some of the worst fucking dialogue i've I, like some of the things he has to say in that is so ridiculous that comes out of his mouth and you can tell he's trying so hard to like, like say even this with a straight something face. like but even um some that like bad season to me like rachel mcadams fucking colin farrell like Taylor Kitsch, they stuck out way more to me. Really? Than, because I thought yeah. I thought they all they all to me they I think they all had equal they all had their moments. I thought. I mean, it was not good, regardless. No, yeah, the season was not good. Yeah, but to me, but I, I thought I they all like, had their moments. I just um, Rachel McAdams and the one too who like this is like the first time ever that she didn't have like a loud obnoxious laugh. Right. <laughs> like she always has her like loud obnoxious laugh. Yeah. I love Rachel McAdams, but uh, but yeah, uh, this to me like. I, I really liked seeing him in this. I, this to me really worked. So maybe this is going to bring me back on the uh, Vince Vaughn bandwagon, so to speak. And, Hopefully. And yeah, I I this is supposed to be a um a spinoff in the Happy Death Day universe. Is it really? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I love those two movies. I, oh, that's I think awesome. Both of them are a lot of fun. I definitely recommend checking them out. Which I think they actually just announced the third one. That, that, they're, that they're gearing up. Well, on the because third they're one. yeah, they, they they've been successful yeah. and they're so much fun. So definitely check check those movies out. And uh, and yeah, I remember watching this. I'm like, this is just a fuck. This is the hot chick. Yeah, yeah. But with uh, but with like a serial killer. Even though I believe the guy who was like a like a bank was like a robber or like a thief, because he like stole the the thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, like whatever. But who cares? It's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I love this trailer. I thought it was awesome. I'm really excited for this movie. Yeah, it definitely looks like a lot of fun. And and it says it's coming out in theaters, but I would not be surprised if it if it just drops on video on demand. Yeah. At this point, you know. 
Okay, we're going to now jump into more Ray Fisher stuff because, and I know, I know we've been talking about this a lot lately, but the more stuff that happens, the more shit, shit comes out. Like it feels like each week new bombs are dropped, and bombs. and and this week, <laughs> and this week, uh, Jason Momoa yet again dropped another fucking bomb. So he took to social media to show further support for his Justice League co-star Ray Fisher, Fisher who plays Cyborg in the 2017 film Justice League, has been spearheading an investigation into the abusive and unprofessional set behavior that occurred on set during the Justice League reshoots. Both Momoa and Fisher went to elaborate that the Frosty movie news starring Jason Momoa, who dropped shortly after his initial tweet, was meant as a distraction, as well as news of Ben Affleck returning as Batman. So there, there's a lot to break down in this. So first of all, when Ray Fisher first started going on his tirade, rightfully so, against um, Joss Whedon and Jeff Johns and John Berg about the Justice League reshoots, news dropped that Jason Momoa was going to star in some Frosty the Snowman movie with John Berg and Jeff Johns Jeff producing. Johns. Mm-hmm. So we saw that and it was weird and we didn't understand why, but it was it was whatever. And then uh, Ray Fisher kind of came out with more allegations and shortly after that, the news about Ben Affleck being in The Flash dropped, which this was right before DC Fandom. We were really curious as to why this wasn't held for DC Fandom. The fact that it dropped a couple of days later, we thought it possibly had gotten leaked and that was, you know, that and that was that. Then then this happens. Jason Moa goes on a crazy tirade on well, Instagram. first, last week, he shares a photo on the story. Well, we, so, we, we, which we well, talked about. We talked about, yeah. Right, and now it's a little more... And now he yeah. goes into far depth, calling, saying that the Frosty News was bullshit, which we haven't really gotten clarification yet if the Frosty News is just it was just completely fake news. Yeah. Or if he's just saying that they, they released, released it, it as, 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 yeah. as a distraction. But mm-hmm. we still don't know about that yet, but... If the Frosty News is, is 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 not a real movie, that's that's insane. Yeah, like that that's fucking crazy. That, that they, is insane. That's really crazy. Which fake news? Which might go into why Jason Moe was not a DC fandom. I don't know. It yeah. could be. Maybe there's some some uh, some some shit going on. Some man. shit going on. Look, if you want, I feel like Jason Moe is definitely one person that you want on your side. Whether it's anything, if you want, if you're going to be in a bar fight, yes. Oh, man. If you if you need like some sort of support in any way. Yes. Okay, so for stars, like you were saying, let's kinda let's kinda recap this, okay? If the Frosty News is fake and it was just put out there as a you know, just to to for start because it's it's got links to John Burke and Jeff Johns. Yes. So it's so it's pretty much saying like, look, you're over here complaining and accusing these people of a toxic workplace, however your co star is going to make a movie with them. You know, like ha ha ha, like it it just it just everything just kinda felt weird. And if it's fake, that's super fucked up. If it's not fake and that they just went ahead and they just dropped it just to distract from the whole situation, that's still not like that's still not great, Bob. Yeah. Um, and then fast forward, it's he when he tweeted out that they were going to essentially do a third party investigation. That's when the Ben the Ben Affleck news dropped. Yes. So he tweeted out saying that that um, a third party was being involved to investigating and it was essentially like a step forward. And then literally an hour and a half, because you put the timestamps, an hour and a half, the news drops of Baffling. Yes. Almost again to kind of draw away from it. And successfully, it did. Yes. Because no, it everyone did, was talking about Baffling after that. 100%. No one was talking about the the, no, ra- right. the, the investigation into the Justice League reshoots. Right. Um, then he talked about how Walter Mata, how he, they had a meeting, and how Walter Mata pretty much told him, like, look, we'll get rid of, we'll, we'll side with you on John Berg and Whedon. But you have to make amends with Jeff Johns. Right. He was pretty much like, "No, fuck you. Right. I'm not gonna do that." And uh, and since and since then, it's just been, it's just it just 
make it just upsets me because I was lit- I literally had a lot of faith in the people in charge, and to me, it just sounds like it just sounds like we're not going anywhere. Right. It sounds like we're not moving forward. It's we had some serious shit go down. <laughs> Excuse me, we had some serious shit go down with um, Kevin Sujihara before this and some other people, and now it just seems like we're doing the same shit. We're just trying to like we're making stuff up. We're releasing stuff to cover other people's backs. We're yep. just not really um, being supportive or properly, you know, trying to take care of our peoples. And we've talked about it. We've all had asshole bosses, but this to me just I just don't like this. This uh, is just I know it's it's and, and mm-hmm. it's getting it feels like it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were in you know talking about these these stories that have come out to try to distract away from the investigation. Just recently, the rap released an article saying which was i was which very was ups- i was very upset i was upset about that too especially mm-hmm. since like i am somewhat of a fan of umberto gonzalez and mm-hmm. he drops this story with information that we already knew and it and it felt like a hit piece on ray fisher that's that's exactly what it felt like yeah it, it, it felt it, like you're trying to suck one of the brothers dick it made it, it made it sound like that ray fisher like. was greedy because he was only offered a cameo in the flash and it made it sound like because he didn't get it that he went on a temper tantrum and no, you know. and he's even come out and said how he went in there, uh, how yeah. Walter Hamada offered him the role, which you can go back. We, we talked about how Walter Hamada offered him the role, and he said he didn't agree with his um, character's portrayal in the movie. Right. For whatever reason, whether it was a small role or anything, he didn't agree with it, so he, he didn't want to do it. And it's just the same thing that he's been saying this whole time. It's accountability over entertainment. Yep. So offer me this, that's cool and all, but at the same time, I can't take away from the fact that we were treated like shit. Yeah. And then Jason Momoa comes out and says that they were also treated like shit. And again, Jason Momoa, so much money is invested into this guy at Warner Brothers. Between Dune, between Aquaman, and the fact that he's just coming out and saying it. Whether this Frosty movie is real or not. uh, Family movies with, uh, I guess, action heroes. Yeah have a, a pretty successful record in Hollywood. So. And Jason Momoa has just this big personality. And, and, you know, Aquaman did make a billion dollars and a lot of kids went to go see him. I think there's yeah. a lot of kids that love Jason Momoa. So to see him in a family comedy kind of movie. He just a, big, movie, a fan base between yeah. this, Game of Thrones. Absolutely. Like the guy's fan base has, has really like um, skyrocketed over the past decade. And good for him because we love him. And to have someone like him just literally... Again, whether this whether he is in talks to this movie, the fact that he's just saying like, "Fuck you, I don't care," like I'm gonna stand by my boy, like good for you, like that. That's awesome. Yeah, and you know the only thing that I would I would say to this is is Warner Brothers, you really need to fucking get your shit together and figure this figure this out. Like you need to do something because this is really getting out of hand and it's making you look like a bunch of assholes in the fucking you know in the media. Yeah, and we're and us as fans, we're supposed to. Like we're supposed to, tr- we're supposed to trust. We're supposed you. to trust you. And we're yeah. supposed to support you with the movies that you're dropping. And there's so much toxic fandom out there. Like that's why, because like, now these fucking Marvel fans are gonna be like, "Oh, see, look, oh, you're all talking about how like, you had good people. And now you still have the same assholes in charge." Right. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, and and this this is becoming, uh, you know, a trend not only on on this side of things, but you know, you had John Boyega who came out and said all kinds of stuff against against Disney. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if you saw this. There's the actor that played Nobu on Daredevil. I believe his name is Peter Shinkoda. Yeah. He went through all kinds of shit that he dropped um, information like 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 basically just been treated like a second rate, you know, extra on set. Like really? where, where he had storylines of his character that were cut 
And then there were some things where I believe he called out one of the Marvel TV um, executives. I don't think I don't think he's in charge anymore. I forget if I if you if I told you his name, you recognize. Like I remember. Far, is it Promoter? No, it's somebody else. But basically said that he had conversations with this guy and said nobody cares about like basically Asian characters. That's that that was kind of wow. the, that was the kind of the impression that he got. Fuck you. And dude. and like and it was also at the same point he also talked about how. You know, there were, I think, either stunt people or basically glorified extras that were on the show that were put up in hotels and he had to fend for himself, basically, and him being like somewhat of a major character in season two. Mm -hmm. Like that's 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 insane to me. So this is a problem that seems to be happening all over the place with actors not being treated right, whether it's because of the color of their skin or just disagreements or whatever but it's really fucked up man and i'm i'm really happy that people are actually coming out and speaking out about this because this is some fucking bullshit i mean you you know studios are making money off off of these guys you know what i mean and like this this is it it makes me it it makes me sick man it really does that's what um if you go back and listen to the big super podcast conversation that they had with the uh, comic book writer it's like he he goes into depth about how like Marvel doesn't really care. Pretty much Jack Kirby and Stanley gave him these characters that they're making billions of dollars off of. Like give Kirby's family a million dollars, right? You know, and it's like, but no, it's so, like we're just gonna invite them to the premiere. Like you know, we'll play. You know, we'll play yeah. nice. And, they're basically showing them off. Yeah, and the same thing with um, same thing with Bill Finger. Like yep, they literally were trying to like almost sugarcoat the whole Bill Finger situation by inviting his family over to the Dark Knight premiere. By doing all these things when in reality it's like look we know your dad created batman one of the most iconic characters ever yeah but you know we're just not we're going to try to avoid any sort of backlash on our end i was gonna say too i don't think bill finger got credit until but until, until bbs yes no which is crazy right that's what i'm saying like that's and that's when all the kind of everything was kind of unraveling and it was kind of um getting like work dude seeing his like seeing his name when i remember when i, when I saw bbs and seeing his name up there like that made me so happy yeah i'm like Finally, he got. Finally. And if you watch the documentary, the documentary is heartbreaking, of just how he passed away, how he was essentially alone, and yeah, just he, everything he, was he like he was broken. I think he was broke. Yeah, yeah, he just died broke, alone in his apartment, pretty much. It's it's like it's tough. And this guy literally, so much of Batman was his ideas. Yeah, and it's just crazy. You know? Right, that's, that Bob that's... that Bob Kane gets all the credit and he doesn't. Exactly, and yeah. not just that, but that people's families, so to speak, are just kind of being like pushed aside. It's like, look, right. um. Like that's also in the whole nerd subject. It's like, look, you you don't, you know, that's a whole nerd subject of, yeah, of, yeah. of stuff. But yeah, like just give people their their dues and know what they're worth in regards to like your properties. You know? Right. That's pretty much all I'm saying. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, and and I've I'm I'm really like on you know on the side of you know Boyega and Momoa and Fisher and um you know Shinkoda like like I'm like I'm fully fully behind them fully back them mm-hmm. like this is this is some bullshit and and we've said this a million times like this just stuff just has to stop and 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 it really like I, I can't give these guys enough credit for basically putting their careers on the line to try to change things because that's basically how you get things done is you need mm-hmm. to stir shit up and that's what they're doing if you want there's, change you have to be changed right because mm-hmm. they're stirring shit up so all the luck in the world to them man we definitely we, we definitely support them that's for sure agreed all right, let's let's jump over now to stuff we actually like enjoy. So we're gonna talk about the brand new Mandalorian trailer. Brand new. Brand spanking new. So Disney Plus dropped the first trailer for the highly anticipated second season of The Mandalorian. The teaser followed Mando in a search for the Jedi, while giving us a look at some of the new and returning characters, as well as the worlds they'll be inhabiting. The Mandalorian season two God. returns next month on Disney Plus on October 30th. So excited! This was awesome, and they definitely did not shy away from showing off Baby Yoda and this quest that Mando and Baby Yoda are going to be on, looking for the Jedi, which is exciting. 
uh, some of the things that I noticed in this trailer. One is I'm pretty sure they're going to the Jedi Temple because uh, it showed them on like the, the this one planet where it's like it's there's all, a lot of Jedi Temples, my guy. Well, the one Which it's one you, Rebels. Uh, the one it's well, uh, trust me, I'm not up to my Star Wars okay. knowledge as much as you are, but it's like an ice planet almost. Uh, okay, that's where um, it's, yes, it's in, in it's in it's in the Star Wars video game that just came out. Yes, and in the Clone Wars, that's pretty much where the uh, young Jedi's have the rite of passage. Yes, so they have to go there. I'm not that's, sure if that's the one, but I'm saying that's where they get their kyber crystals. Yes, and that's yes, the one. That's the yes, one I'm talking one. about. Yep. So it looks like that's where Mando's going, and that's really exciting to see. Right, that's a that's a really great episode. Um, definitely check that out of Clone Wars. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna start off with my negatives first. Okay, and then we'll jump into the positives. You had negatives. I have negatives. Jesus, bro. This trailer. In regards to the, in regards to what we got, in regards to the context, in regards to what was revealed, could have easily been dropped on like May the fourth. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it For was sure. like literally, like forty percent of the footage was just the ship outside, <laughs> yeah. was just man to walk, and it was little bit snippets of new things. Yes. This to me felt like a teaser. Yes. It was definitely like it wasn't really like 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 a trailer. Right. You know? So. I don't understand why this wasn't dropped earlier. I I, I really don't. I uh, you know who knows what's going on in terms of like the the post production aspect and, and what happened with COVID. Like who knows, you know. But to me, I'm like, okay, I watched it. It was fun, but a little underwhelming because I'm like, this is definitely something that we could have gotten months ago. Now that that's out of the way, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited. I cannot wait. Automatic uh, May sent me a amazing. You know that GIF of of the anime character when he's like, "Is this something?" and he's like holding something up. Yeah, yeah. It was it was like all the Star Wars fans, and it's like, "Is this Ahsoka?" Yeah. Because literally, like everyone just sees a, a hooded figure oh, oh, with an orange face, with an orange face, and everyone just starts losing oh, their fucking Ahsoka, mind. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> it's Ahsoka!" But uh, it's not. <laughs> I don't think no. It, no, it's, it's definitely it's not. not. But um, but yeah, just uh. Dude, there's just so much. The the X wings, like like seeing those X wings, like made my heart jump a little bit. Hearing that horn, the the fucking horn that is such an iconic like yeah um like sound, and yeah, all the footage of Baby Yoda. Uh, Mando's still out here kicking ass, fucking shit well, up. I love I love the towards the end of the trailer. They're almost at like a boxing match with the two the the two creatures that are in the boxing ring are like the guards from like the that that were guarding Jabba. In Return of the Jedi, like they're like I don't the, remember. the pig face, like uh, green oh. green face kind of dudes. I, yeah, the, I know the I know the pig face that you're talking about. I don't know the name. I can't remember call the species. Yeah, or yeah the but, name, but, um, but they're fighting in the ring, and then Mando's obviously trying to meet somebody, and then they get into a little bit of shenanigans, and that's where you get this awesome, which the GIF is everywhere now. Or Baby Yoda just hitting the button, and the, oh, is his, it really? His little pods closing. Oh, yeah, 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 I didn't, I missed that. Yeah, but that's awesome. Yeah, he's like, all right, she's about to go down the uh, what's it called the whistling birds. Yeah, yeah, I so, it's yeah, called. yep, yep. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, he's still out here kicking ass, so fucking shit up um and yeah i'm all about it this definitely feels to me like a like your your sophomore star wars so aside from attack of clones right but like when you think of um empire strikes back in regards to new hope that was a much darker more serious story and that's definitely what i got from this uh the first season was serious in its own respect um and but it was a little bit of like a i guess i don't want to say brighter but it more of like a kind of like I don't know how to say this. Maybe more like family fueled. So okay, yeah, yeah. You know, um, definitely more like in, in the lines of like a new hope of, of like you know hope and and yes, you know like bright and shit. Um, this guy definitely feels like it's going to be a little bit more darker, a little mm -hmm. bit more serious, and I'm super excited for that. Um, 
again, we didn't really get much. We yeah, just there's, got, there's there's not much to really snippet. to chew on here. But uh, but yeah, I'm just seeing Baby Yoda again, just seeing Mando again. Uh, the line when he's like, "Everywhere I go, he goes." Yes, and I'm like, "Yes, let's do this." I'm so excited. I am so excited. So I don't want to put a damper on it, but damper, bro. But there's, but there's a bit of an elephant in the room when it comes to Mandalorian season two, as we've heard a little bit of oh, rumors that I don't, have been going. I don't around. want that damper. No, Never no, mind. no, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying. Take that damper. Get the fuck out. <laughs> I'm just saying there are rumors that have been floating around, but it's only coming from one little corner of the internet, and I don't want to give that person any clout. But mm-hmm. I would say, even though if we did, it literally would make no. It would make no difference. But, but still, don't want to. I'm just saying I don't want to pay any paying attention to it, and I don't think. You guys should either. Mm-hmm. And you should say that person fuck off. And regardless of whether or not it's true, we will see. But just be excited for the show, man. Mm-hmm. Get ready for it because it's coming. I'm Full so steam ahead. Pumped. So pumped. And I'll and I'll I'll listen to what the people in charge are saying. Yes. If those people are saying like, no, we didn't have production troubles. You're what you were you saying is not true. I'm gonna listen to those people. Yes. Also, because I really don't like the other person. I would. I, just I don't want to listen. To I would agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, but uh, but I'm pumped, man. I'm I'm so ready for for season two. I'm ready for more Baby Yoda. I'm ready for more Mando. I'm ready for these characters. I'm so excited for these characters. I swear to God, if we see Bo-Katan wielding that dark saber, I'm gonna lose my mind. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm gonna be screaming a lot. Yeah. During the season, I just know it. I just know it. All right, finally, our last topic of the day, which finally, bro, finally Marvel. There's another topic? There's another topic. I thought that was the last one. No, bro, we got one more. Oh, Jesus. Finally, bro. This episode is beefy. It's a beefy episode. So finally, Marvel drops something of substance. Oh. Kang the Conqueror. Kang. Kang. (laughs) So uh, Lovecraft Country and the Five Bloods actor Jonathan Majors has been tapped for one of the lead roles in the next Ant-Man movie opposite Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly. Nothing has been confirmed as to who he's playing, but sources close to the project are saying he's likely to portray supervillain Kang the Conqueror. No release date has been given, but Peyton Reed is set to return to direct with Jeff Loveness. That's Jeff a, Loveness, baby. Jeff, who's Jeff Loveness? He's a he's a writer. He remember the com the uh, I am Groot the comic book art that I posted. Oh, he's the one that he did wrote that, that line. Oh, yeah. he that's wrote awesome. That, uh, he wrote that. Um, well, he's he's serious. Pa- he's paying the script. Yeah. Very cool. Which is Very awesome. cool. So I had to kind of look up who Kang the Conqueror was because that's Kang. a that, that's, that's a bit of a deep cut um, for like for me in terms of like mm-hmm. the Marvel comics. But he and sounds. I gave you a little. I gave you a little flavor. He gave me a little flavor. A little him talking to uh, to Doctor Doom and uh, Sarah Connor and Sarah and Sarah Connor, which is crazy. Yeah. But I, I like the fact that he's he's like a time jumper almost. Right. He's a uh, almost like a. Uh, he's. Oh my god. What's the what's the word? Um, like an alien. And... He's not an alien. No, no. Okay. He's actually a Reed Richards' great grandson. What the fuck? What a twist! Yeah, you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, Nathaniel Richards. He's yeah. like he's essentially his great great grandson who um uses Doom's uh sort of time traveling technology to go back and a lot of his stuff is from it's all technology. Oh, uh, okay. It's, it's not really like superhuman. So, so, oh, so he's anything. a human. Yeah, he's a human, and he just has all this um different technologies from all those different points and times in different timelines so right he's jump, jumping between different multiverses between different timelines between different earths between um different time periods within those times get christopher nolan to direct this i know movie, right bro. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but uh but yeah yeah he's a he's a human 
Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. But I do like it because people kept harkening back to that line Tony has in Avengers Endgame where he goes, you, he goes, when you mess with time, it tends to mess back. Yeah. So that's kind of, I think, where a lot of this is starting to come from. So that's really cool to see. And yeah, with Jonathan Majors, um, he kind of is uh, more of a newcomer, but he's kind of exploded onto the scene. He Last year he had, um, I believe the movie was called The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which I had not seen, but I heard really good things about it. It is really good. I've seen it. Yeah. And um, he was good in The Five Bloods. And then Lovecraft Country, I've only seen one episode, but I really liked it. And I can't wait to really jump in more to that, to that show. But I like him. I like him as an actor. He brings this really nice presence to the screen. And the fact that he's playing one of like the Avengers like big villains is very exciting. And this is kind of a nice leap forward for what Marvel could potentially be doing with uh, like the whole multiverse aspect that they, as they go forward into uh, their, their you know phase five, I guess you could say. Uh, so, Martin, for, for the fact that they're bringing in this character, I guess that means that the Fantastic Four is not too far off from, from the MCU. Right. That is if... No, because, okay, I know I said that he is um, Reed Richards' great-grandson. However, right. he has taken multiple identities over time. Right. But, like, that's... um, But he those are things that he kind of has acquired through his... Because I know that he became, like, a... Because the, the art that we posted with the Pharaoh. Yes. So he... There is, like, a lot of... a. Uh, that's kind of tied into Moon Knight and all this other like uh he was known as like a as like a a tight uh, a pharaoh at one point too so he's had oh, okay. different identities um but yeah like kind of like the OG one is that he is um Reed Richards great grandson but you're 100 percent right because Kang does have a lot of tie-ins with the Fantastic Four right and like you said like with Doctor Doom with Doctor Doom so. yeah so uh so yeah I'm excited for this and I can't I tried to look it up I can't think of the I can't think of the word or that, the term that's used to describe him. Yeah, it's really pissing me off. But he's just pretty much like a, like a, I, I why I can't even like I can't even like bullshit it. Like an entity. No, he's not an entity. <laughs> but he's just pretty much he's like a time cop, I guess. So if you fuck with time, he's gonna come out here and like pretty much. That's what it is. When you mess with time, time tends to yeah, mess back. So yeah. So he's just like a, and like a. An, he's like he's, so he's like an authoritative figure of time. I guess. Yeah. There's just like a really good way of saying that i just can't pull it out right now english is not my first language unfortunately i'm this is gonna bother me it's gonna bother me so i know it's much. gonna bother you but, bother but, you'll, but you'll find it at some point yeah but uh the interesting thing too is that they're using ant-man to introduce him like bring him in which is really strange because i thought maybe like dr strange would be more appropriate because he's you know the, the, with the time stone and everything but mm -hmm. like the fact that it's ant-man is really well, ant-man was essentially the first person who kind of opened up the multiverse that's true, and he's the first person who did who like kind of did the whole time jump, right? So it could be a thing where he comes and he's like, Scott Lang, you are responsible for all this fucking bullshit right. in regards to time. So you know, and even in like the the one off the um, two thousand eighteen, this the I believe it was um, uh, synchronic, I believe or mm -hmm. some something with an S, but it was Amen and the Wasp number one. They, it starts off with them fighting uh, Kang. Oh, no way. Yeah, okay, so, so there you go. Yeah, so I, that was actually not too long ago. That was like 2018. Right. So for all we know, they probably were already kind of putting the stones into motion. like Because it was like a one-off. Right, right. It was like a synchronic or something, Presents Ammon and the Wasp. Yeah. It was like a six-part issue. But uh, but yeah, they kick it off with uh, with him fighting Kang and kind of how they're they're fighting essentially like in like the multi-stream. Oh, so yeah, so there's there's ways that you can that we can. Bring I was say in. so visually, this has the potential to be something pretty pre pretty cool, man. The potential to be uh super trippy, super colorful, super out there, and uh, I'm this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's either if he is gonna play Kang, there's no fucking way he's gonna be a one-off. Kang is an MCU villain, 
And, uh, but is, is he really classified as a villain though? Is he kind of more just like he has his principles and he's going to stick to them and like but that for whatever like... reason that makes him an antagonist against the Avengers. Right. But maybe Think of like Zod. But maybe he's not like a bad... Is he a bad guy though? Like does he hurt innocent people? Does he want to conquer the world? Like I is would, there... I would does say, he have those intentions or, or no? I would say uh, when you think of someone like Zod or Thanos. Yeah. Because Thanos is essentially killing people but he, in, in his mind he believes it's right. Right. He's doing that for a, a reason. Yes. So he's like that too. Okay. So he's got his his strict beliefs and um you know depending on on the sort of consequences and outcomes of that as long as in his mind it's fine he's fine right right yeah this is exciting though because now we kind of have somewhat of an idea of where marvel is sort of steering their ship post avengers endgame now Mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool yeah and uh i am really excited for this yeah i remember i remember i told you and you're like you're like oh my god he's playing kang yeah fucking kang yeah (laughs) Love Kang. You've been saying the last couple of days, Kang. <laughs> all about it. Let's do it. Give me all that Kang flavor, baby. And uh, I'm, I've already seen some sort of fan art of him. So I saw that too. Yeah, looks, and he looks, looks pretty legit. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, looks, looks pretty cool. Looks cool. Pretty damn cool. So uh, I'm, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm really pumped. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, Nerds Nation. That's gonna do it for us on episode 20. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. Remember to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube page. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else where you can see that big, beautiful FN logo. Oh, yeah, baby. Martin, anything else to add before we go? Yes, I just want to say I'm going to keep saying this for the next couple episodes, but I am literally dying, <laughs> okay? I um, If you think of the, wor- or the person who you know has the worst allergies, I guarantee you mine's for five times worse. <laughs> Literally, I'm struggling. My face is itchy. My throat is itchy. Like the the inside part of my cheek is like weird. Like on the inside, it's like itchy, and it's it's. I'm struggling. And you also have like this weird immunity to like all allergy medicines. Yeah, like exactly. Nothing like works I, for you. I one time I went to the doctor. They gave me 18 shots, and they were like, "You literally have um, no reaction to any of them." They're like, "That's never happened before." I'm like, "Yeah," because I'm a fucking mutant. <laughs> like that, those shots are supposed to like determine what's gonna work yes. for you. Oh, I've, got, like, I've gotten that before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I got 18 of them because like, you're supposed to start off with like I believe like six. Yeah. And then they were like, okay, nothing. And then they did like another one. They're like, okay. And then another one. They're like, that's it. Like <laughs> that's, all we got. that's all we got. Like we literally cannot help you. Like you're fucking. You're a weirdo. Like get out of my yeah, office. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I just consider myself a mutant. Uh, but like I said before, unfortunately, my mutant X gene does not give me cool. Uh, healing powers or like beams or teleportation it gives me itchy faces scratchy throats itchy ears like whenever the camera's on nick i'm just like fucking <laughs> clawing away so uh so if, so if i sound so if you know if my if i sound weird or like annoying i apologize because uh you know i don't mean to but it's gonna be like this for a while it just happens man. it just happens that's just, so that's just it is what it is i hope i hope my um allergy nasally weird podcast voice doesn't turn people off bro the nerds nation loves us and and they'll they'll, they'll deal with it don't hopefully, worry hopefully. don't worry yeah also like i'm not like on drugs or anything if you see my eyes like really puffy my face pale i'm probably like od'd on zyrtec so yeah it's gonna be a rough ride just let's put it out there we missed the uh the spring allergy season because of covid because of covid yeah so we didn't really have much to shoot so i got away with that one but oh yeah i got spring and fall or or bad like bro here it itches here it itches on like, your finger, like in the, like inside. In, it, yes, like so, inside so you can't scratch the itch. Yeah, and it's just, it's bad. It's very it's bad. <laughs> but bear with us, guys. Bear with us. All right, dudes. We'll uh, we'll catch you guys on, on the that next note. one. On that note, <laughs> of all those allergy-filled stuff, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye.